This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello there! Welcome back. It's the uh, Humpty edition of the Lori and Julia Show. My talk number seven. What everything... Entertainment. Stick around because bottom of the hour on Wednesday, that always means a, a, a vintage scandal. Lori always has some fascinating information for us that I've never heard before. It's great research. What? Hello? Oh, you, my, Did you? Your, I your, like, your microphone's not working. I still have one on Rudy Valentino. Oh, her Lori, talk button's broken. There's something wrong with your microphone. Okay, Lori, Lori will be switching okay. and sitting right next to me, right, adjacent. There we, go. there we go. Okay, All right. you better tell them that the main button in here. Yeah, that's we've weird. We've got a technical problem. Okay. Technical difficulties. Tomorrow. We're now playing the Minnesota Twins. That's right. <laughs> We're going to be off the air. Oh no! All right. Okay. So Julia, go. you got the sneak peek of Crazy Rich Asians <sighs> three weeks ago. Fell in love with the movie. We fell in love with the book when we read the book like four years ago. Oh my gosh! I was going crazy at some people that work on this radio station who didn't realize Crazy Rich Asians was a best-selling book by Kevin Kwan. That's a trilogy. I was like, come on, people! Get Not everybody the reads a book a week like we do well i know but that was one of the most that it was, was like a bridget jones it diary was. kind of book the devil wears prada it sold tons and tons and tons all, of all books of and yeah. was on the bestseller it was so good so kevin kwan the author is part of the producing deal with john chu the director and uh you know he he was really looking to um you know, have a hit movie. And they wanted to do, and you know, we talked about this before, Lori, and you may be, may or may not have been out of town. I can't remember, but they got so, such a big number offer from Netflix. Yeah. But because this is the first all Asian movie since 1994, they wanted this to be a movie theater theater yeah. experience. They wanted a big studio behind it. They wanted to go big or go home. Yeah, his fear of failure drove him to wanting to do this because he was discovered by like Spielberg out of film school, but he had a bunch of flops. G.I. Yeah. Joe. What was that? Jam in the holograms. Oh, God. He, oh, I don't remember those. He, I do. He was oh. looking for a way to stop Hollywood whitewashing when the script for Crazy Rich Asians fell in his lap. So, okay. Um, I'm really excited to see. I'm not going to get a chance to see it till tomorrow night, but you gave it like A plus. It was up. so, it's just. It's everything. Fun. It's fun. Well, yeah. It's just fun. I'd go see it again. All right. Well, the cast was on. The Today Show is getting all the scoops. Have you noticed that? What is going on with that right now? Are I they, just... Are they... Well, I it, think Savannah and Hoda are people really like them, and I don't know. I don't know, but they uh, just keep getting I a think, lot of scoops. And I think what's happening on the other one, you know, mm-hmm. 
I think what's happening is they have to spend so much time on a B on Disney stuff mm-hmm. and ABC stuff. They have to do so much. Maybe, maybe they have so much more of their own junk. They have to do right. that. We feel like it's a little different on the today yeah. show. Cause they're not pumping Bravo yeah. shows to us. Yeah, you're that's true. Do you think Aquafina uh, steals? Cause she plays uh peak Lynn. Do you think she steals every scene she's in? Absol- she was from oceans eight. Absolutely. She's amazing. Yeah. She's she, amazing. She improved, I guess that line bok bok bitch. Oh yeah. Um, you guys are gonna I yeah. mean I don't you know I feel like I've been talking about it for so long but it's just one of those movies that you just think thank goodness this is a fun romp yeah okay so here's uh here's the cast talking about are they feeling the love because really we've been giving it's them op- a lot of love. it opens today yeah this is a groundbreaking moment that's happening right now. Are you guys feeling the love, not just from Asian communities, but from from all? Talk to us about that. Uh, yeah, we've been doing press tours and screenings for a lot of people, and uh, everybody's really moved by it, but also like really thinks it's funny. So yeah. people are enjoying it. We were talking about that. We're like, yes, it's groundbreaking, cool, but it's just a really it's, fun, yeah, funny exactly. Exactly. movie. Like it, it's yeah. for everybody. Yeah, it's yes. not a homework assignment. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And I also love, it's like a love letter to Asia. Yeah. I want to live. Then you just want to go to Singapore. I want to be there. Oh, Singapore. Like and I want to have all of the clothes and like all of the jewels. And the whole thing is just so fun. They're saying it's like a Singaporean Cinderella. Yeah. Mm. It. Remember mm. when I came back and told you about Singapore? Like yeah. I, I never knew Plus, anything about it. The whole thing of seeing how crazy rich people live. Oh, I it's, mean. It's beyond. Yeah, and they didn't make that many changes. I guess they made about five changes from the book. Oh, really? Okay. But nothing right. major. Like, we never meet Nick's father. Right. You know, just things things, things like that. But if people do like the movie, I mean, the book and the following two books that... I, if this, this movie is going to be successful, they'll make... The other two books oh, into sure movies because oh, yeah. it's all the same characters. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, let's play the next one. Here's uh, Michelle Yeoh talking about what the movie means to her because I would say she has been in the business the longest and she yeah. plays Eleanor Wu, Henry's mom. The oh. Michelle, talk to us about. I mean, you are. I mean, among this group, you're really a legendary actress, and you being in this is such a huge deal for everybody. But tell us what this what this movie means to you. Oh, I'm so proud to be part of this, and it's the, a long time coming. All the things that you said before, yeah. it's so true. But you know, to be represented, we're not just a token for diversity. You know, we it, to be real representation means you have a meaningful character that has hopes and dreams. And in this, in Crazy Rich Asians, that's what we all have. It's so diverse, but at the same time, it's got heart. It's about love, it's about family. And I think it really shows the other side of the Asians to our friends around the world. And it will be very impactful because it's a studio movie. Mm-hmm. It's not just an indie film. Yeah. You know, yeah. on uh-huh. TV. So I think that will inspire mm-hmm. more behind the scenes, in front mm-hmm. of the camera. Mm-hmm. And I look at these young people in awe. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, they are just so brilliant. And you, you're right. This is the best romantic comedy because <laughs> we're not going to make a difference if the movie itself is not good. Yeah. And John Chu mm-hmm. did a fabulous yes. So oh, and the guys. cast they look so cute. People now, have to call us tomorrow if you go see it. Yeah. So Henry Golding is this is his first acting role. He was right? discovered on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from him. 
Yeah. Henry, I can't. I mean, you. This is is this one of this is kind of your first major actor. This is, yeah, this, this is, is my first not. acting job. No big deal. Yeah. I mean, so I heard they had to chase you a little bit. Be a, a why? Little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, John did an amazing job looking for the exact right actor for each and every role. He 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 literally scoured the world, um, and he was struggling to find the the correct Nick Young. Um, at the time, I was presenting um, and I was doing travel shows and everything, and. Um, and so they reached out, and because I was a presenter, I was like, oh, no, no, I, I won't read for it because it, I'm staying in my lane. You know, yeah. I had this, this mental block. Uh, but he reached out. He, he's a very convincing human being and a, a wonderful one at that. And, uh, yeah, and the rest is history. He was basically Jesse Palmer of Asia. He hosted for 10 years ESPN Asia. He was a travel show host. Really? He worked for BBC, Discovery Channel. Jesse Plemons Asia. No, Je- Jesse, Jesse Palmer. Palmer. Oh. He, Jesse Palmer. Wait. That's what he was. He was a host of shows. Everything. That's what he did. Oh, I just, and he's so delicious. He, he, he wanted to be an actor, but he just never really, a studio accountant had met Henry in Malaysia at a party years ago at, for one of the things he was hosting. Right. And he made enough of an impression on her that she suggested him to a line producer who then suggested him to the director. I see. I love the story. story yeah. He was running out of time to find his neck. Right, right. Oh, really? And yeah. that was what was going on? Yeah. Yeah. And he was intrigued after doing a deep dive into Henry's Instagram where he had the look, the star quality, the English accent. The way he holds holds himself. He could play an aristocrat. And then then he realized they had a friend in common on Facebook, the director. So Facebook (laughs) is what sealed the deal. You've got to love it. A Skype call. It was a Skype call. A Skype call. Oh. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. And Henry had no idea. He hadn't read the book, so he just thought it was going to be a side character. Right. And little does he know he's the main, yeah. the main dude. All right, let's hear from Aquafina and Ken Jung. Aquafina, you and Ken are nuts in that video. They are. I don't know who who cracked each other up more of the between the two of you. Oh, it was well. equal. It was equal. It was, yeah. it was equal. How did you? She plays your daughter. How did you describe her in the film? Um, I I describe her as like comedic kinship. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really do. I, I I think John Chu just cast us wonderfully as father daughter, and we just had a we had a shorthand that we didn't even have to explain. You know, on set. I love I love how you called her in the movie the Asian Ellen because yeah. you had blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, that's really like good. That, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> It's a huge moment for you too, Aquafina. Yeah. I mean, we remember we chatted. You were you're in Ocean's Eight. Yes. Now you're in this movie. I mean, like, moment. you're just a shooting star. Yep. Yep. That, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you ran for the wild ride. Yes. Wild ride. Yeah. Yep. yep. Bok, bok, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's bring the last mm-hmm. one, Donnie. Okay. Constance, I mean, for the, the movie is your story. I mean, yeah. it centers around you, and you wrote such a moving post, which I read a couple of weeks ago, about what this means to you. Oh, how has this whole experience been? Are you still kind of pinching yourself? Well, I mean, definitely. I feel so lucky and so grateful, but this really began for me like five years ago when my television show, Fresh Off the Boat, was the first network TV show in over 20 years to feature an all-Asian-American story. Um, And then to sort of be doing it on a larger scale and meeting more people and hearing their stories and 
why it's important to them to like see their stories reflected on screen. It's been a really meaningful process. Well, we, we think it's an awesome movie and we can't overemphasize enough. It is a great rom-com. No yes. matter where you guys are fun, people yeah. will enjoy it and they'll learn a lot yeah. too. Do you guys think that they had all the actors hire a uh, three-picture deal based on well, everything? Uh, if we're I'm, smart. I'm, I'm reading this right now, kind mm-hmm. of an interview on Cinema Blend about Cass Met. She was asked about her thoughts on signing for another movie, and here's what she said. This is Constance Wu. No, she- this is Aquafina. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I don't know, but I hope there is one. You know, yeah. if there's going to be another one. And I think that if there is a sequel, that's the message right there. That in itself means it was explosive enough to bring us all back. Yeah. It would be an absolute privilege and an honor if there was one. I believe Good. in this movie and this franchise all the way. If They're going to know a by chance, Monday. They'll yep. know by Sunday. Well, they expected $16 million. Um, for today, for the weekend, mm-hmm. for the weekend, and so they're oh, they no, up- no, that can't be right. No. That's well, way too low. That's too low because it opened today. It's opening today. They wouldn't expect it to be that low. Well, they expected maybe to sixteen go million for mile twenty two. The Mark Wahlberg thing they expected was going to win at the box office this weekend, and then no. the Meg is still having big numbers. But they expected really? to. Well, that's what it said. Okay. Twenty six million is what they're now. They've raised it to. Okay, that's. I hope better. it does fifty million, and by Monday they're all signed on because the other two books are already written. I yeah. know, and you read them both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, the storyline continues with all these fa- fabulous characters. Wonderful. All right, listen, we come back. We've got the Dirt Alert. O-T-A. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, Holly Hollywood. All right, Holly Hollywood. Hello, ladies. Hello. Oh, let's dish some details about Brad and Angelina's divorce. Of course, this just keeps going and going and going. And now we're getting some more details about how much does their kid's lifestyle cost? Because oh. it's not just going to buy school supplies at Target for these kids. No, no, These are celebrity no. rich kids. Like, they must cost a lot. They must cost a fortune. Yes. So... Let's break down some numbers. Forbes estimates that Brad Pitt has earned $315 million and Julie has earned $239 million since they met in 2004. So they're, that's just a rough estimate. So we're breaking down maybe how much it would cost to raise a child whose parents are in Hollywood and make that much money. Okay. So this is all according to a woman who's the CEO of a company called the Nanny League. No, they're not superheroes. They can't shoot lasers out of their eyes. But this is a company that places full-time nannies into the families of A-listers. There's lots okay. of brokerage companies out yeah. there like that in L.A. So she is estimating that a family like the Jolie Pitts maybe they spend about $140,000 per year. Now, per nanny? Per nanny, exactly, per year. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply for a nanny that would just be putting a single nanny into the house how many would you need for six kids would you say well they uh, each have interpreters i mean they each have different like cultural specials we don't know that well this is what the ceo is saying that sometimes a family like angelina jolie's and brad pitts will employ at least two full-time nannies she says sometimes though families will look for a nanny per kid Mm -hmm. and i feel like we know they do that's eight hundred forty thousand dollars a year exactly now and tutors now tutors are separate than nannies Mm -hmm. and how much they make $100,000 $100,000 a year. Well, the nanny, the tutors aren't making that much money. That's how much it costs to employ. Now, I'm sure that the nanny company is taking a cut yeah. of placing the tutors. So that's $600,000. Their kids are family. too old for each of them to need a nanny anymore. I would agree a nanny, yeah, but they the, had the like... teachers, I right. think, is where they have, they each have different tutors. Yeah, exactly. So we're thinking like around, a, let's just say roughly almost a million dollars a year to have nannies for these kids. Now, for traveling, of course, they are world travelers. And think about first-class travel for all of these children. London to L.A., first-class ticket is about $12,000. Well, you might as well charter a jet. Yeah, well, a private plane, it's a minimum doubling or tripling it. If you got six kids, you might as well just get a whole plane instead of getting those first-class tickets. Security guards cost $50,000 per staff. $72,000 wow. per Is anyone flight. doing math here? I am. $72,000 <laughs> Mm-hmm. Per round trip to London, they go there all the time. How much are the bodyguards? Fifty grand a, a piece. Yes, and they have probably have four. Mm-hmm. You have, there's 24 hours in a day, so people can only work eight right. hours a day. Exactly. So it's probably like eight, eight cards. Yeah, if you have an, a bodyguard, you're so gonna, there's two hundred thousand dollars at least. Yeah, two fifty in bodyguards. Uh, a person who runs a private security firm says that if you have a, a house and brood like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, you're going to have at least three security guards: one at the gate when you come through the front door, and two others at various points across the property and uh you know you're gonna have to rotate those people three <sighs> three shifts a day 24 hour security three eight hour shifts i mean it's about 1.5 million dollars a year what we're saying here is that these people have expenses yeah no oh kidding. my god they have the money they have the yeah. money and this is what it this is takes money to make money baby crazy rich wow. brangelina exactly oh <laughs> wow. my gosh well something that's on your guys' website today uh over at mytalk1071.com on the Lori and julia show page you posted this and i haven't had a chance to listen to this but this is steve perry making an emotional return oh. to music now he hasn't released any songs for 20 years he's from journey right mm-hmm. yes he is he's a former frontman of journey when you hear old journey songs he's the voice that you're yeah. okay now i don't know donnie if you happen to have this audio on hand let's let's take a listen the song is called no erasing sounds exactly exactly It's like a journey. It's a song from the 80s. Yeah. It's straight His from 
Right? It sounds the exact same. He's straight from 1983. Yeah, now, he really is. Steve Perry left music. He said he just disappeared, and there were many reasons why he left music and stopped recording music 20 years ago. He just said, my love for music had suddenly left me, and he said, I knew that simply stopping what I was what I had to do, and if music was ever to return to my heart, then and only wow. I would figure out what to do. Now, he did make his stage return in 2014 right here in St. Paul. He took the stage with the band Eels, at a show in St. Paul, and he sang three songs with them. He's friends with uh, one of the members of the band, Mark Everett. So he's kind of been dabbling, but apparently... Did he make any journey money? Was he co-writer of know. those songs? Or, I mean, I just wonder, did he walk away from all the rock and roll money? That's an interesting question, yeah. and unfortunately, yeah. I don't have yeah, an answer for that. Yeah, I'm not sure, but Steve Perry back. Again, the song called No Erasing. Uh, a couple Do you of- think anyone's going to download it? Yeah, I, I journey fans. Yeah, yeah, journey okay. fans. They're gonna get that mm-hmm. treat. Uh, a couple of things posted uh, again on the website mytalk1071.com. A couple of television uh, news is for, news for you. The Romanoffs is a new series on Amazon, and this is the follow up to Matthew Weiner's Mad Men. Of course, he was the showrunner for that show. Mm-hmm. He's also the showrunner for this show. Now, this sounds pretty cool. This is about modern day people who have declared that they are descendants of the. <laughs> Romanovs, the Russian family mm-hmm. that was killed during mm-hmm. the Russian Revolution. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a take on almost like Anastasia. But there's, yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Anastasia, mm-hmm. She, that the that that one daughter, and then yep. there were other people that came forward over the years who claimed to have Romanov ties. Yes. That they were that they were people, you know, that they had been part of the family. Yeah, it's kind of a wild concept yeah. though, because each so there's eight or six of them, and each one is going to be a brand new. Cast of characters set in a different location. So it's, it's loose, hard to grasp. It's a loose anthology. That's kind of what I'm interpreting this as. It's fluid. Fluid, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be taking place on three continents in seven countries around the globe. And some of the actors included in this anthology-ish series include Amanda Peet. Also, Aaron Eckhart is going to be in he's this. beautiful. Oh, he certainly is. He's and beautiful. <laughs> Noah Wiley, he, he looks, of course, was on ER. Yeah. Yes, Take a look at it. It looks it's, weird, but interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to taste test yeah. it and see what we think when mm-hmm. the show comes out in October on October 12th. And also something to look forward to on streaming Castle Rock. The Stephen King series has been renewed for a second season over on Hulu. Laura, you like this? I, I like it. I think Donnie, Donnie likes watches it, it too. Oh, yeah, it's it. good. It's really good. It's all good in the world of streaming. Yeah, really good. Holly, thank you thank so, you so much. much. We appreciate it. We've got Kenny with the traffic when we come back. We do have Vintage Scandal. What is it about? We don't know. It's about a young actress and what happened to her when Hollywood came calling. Tale. Okay, well, so I don't know if you ever saw Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet. The one that came out... I don't know. Was it 68? Yeah. Late 60s. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say say no. (laughs) If you look up the actress Olivia Hussey, you will recognize her. Okay. And I think I ended up seeing this movie because my aunt Janet, who was four Four years years older older than than me, wanted me to watch this movie with her or something like this. Yeah. Because, uh, but anyway, so uh, Olivia Hussey was um, discovered by... um, She's so young. Oh, yeah. She was only 15 years old. Oh, my gosh. And you remember, you know, if you you do interpret the Shakespeare, you know, they were young. The the Capulets and Montagues, they were a young family. So 
she has a book out called The Girl on the Balcony. Because, of course, as Juliet, she's the girl on the balcony. And she's 67 years old. So, I, of course, Sonny got me the book. And I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing. But she was born in South America, raised in London. She was just 15 when she got this coveted role, Franco Zeffirelli, Huge Italian filmmaker. It was an international hit. She became, she said, it was overnight superstardom and I wasn't prepared for it. Overwhelmed by the fame and attention, Olivia Hussey takes a step back and focuses on her her budding relationship with Christopher Jones, a young actor that she met through her agent, Rudy Altobelli. Okay, but soon after they began dating... Christopher Jones, he's like about the same age as her. He mm-hmm. began to abuse her. You know, she said the first time he had me, had it, you know, he punched me in the stomach. And then it was emotional abuse. But she stuck by him because why? She was young. She loved him. She was very loyal. And because she'd never been around anything like that. So, right. And around that same time, Olivia Hussey, um, she knows Sharon Tate. And Sharon Tate is pregnant and they are renting um, the Los Angeles home. I always thought that it was Doris Day's son that owned this, the Cielo Drive, but apparently he didn't own it and he rented it also from her agent, this Rudy Altabelli. Okay, so who lived in the house now? So Sharon Tate is living for that summer. Okay. Terry Melcher is in Europe. Supposedly, he's there because Charles Manson has threatened him because Terry Melcher promised Charles Manson a Uh, recording deal. Right. A record. So Terry splits, leaves the country, sublets the house uh, to Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski. So I said to Sharon... Listen, Rudy, my agent, said we're going to be best friends. And she said, I'm so looking forward to meeting you. My baby is coming soon. She was so sweet. And Olivia Hussey was planning to move to Los Angeles to get away from Christopher Jones, see what Hollywood wanted to offer her, her because she was dazzling in Romeo and Juliet. I mean, she just couldn't have been... She still is the perfect Juliet. I mean, okay. I think if you look at if people right. look at that. So anyway, she um, was going to move into the guest house because it was her agent's house. And she, there was always a guest okay. house on the property. She was going to move there. Okay. So, and she said, I was going to stay there. I was going to help Sharon with the baby. And then Rudy gets a phone call a few days after I've talked to Sharon. And the call was to deliver the news that Sharon Tate, along with four others, were murdered at Altabelli's home on August 9th. And I'll never forget Rudy telling me, he said, they're all dead. It was just absolutely terrible. And five weeks after the murder, Olivia Hussey, who by now has got the courage to, to break up. The abuse of men. Yeah. And she moves to Hollywood and moves into the house. Where the murders were? Yes. Whoa. And... <laughs> And and people would say to her, because it, she just couldn't believe it, because gawkers would come by. Sure. It, you know, it was only five weeks after, and people would say, how could you live there? And I'd say, well, in England, because that's where she grew up in London, mm-hmm. most of the built houses have horrible memories. It's not that big of a deal. Okay. 
So it's just by culture? Yeah, I guess. And she said, um, she's one morning she was making coffee when Manson girl Linda Casbian, who was cooperating with District Attorney Vincent Bugliosi from Mm -hmm. Hibbing, Minnesota, a walkthrough of the house of what went on. And I could hear her say, and Abigail Folger, you know, the coffee heiress uh-huh. was lying over there. She had lots of stab wounds. Oh, and I mean, oh she said, God. she'd say, oh. I would actually say to my friends, it's the safest house in Hollywood. There was a button under the desk in the living room that buzzed directly to the Beverly Hills uh, police. And when I walked in there, I felt no bad vibes. All I felt was the sweetness of Sharon Tate. I never felt afraid living on Cielo Drive. Mm. And it was a dramatic introduction to Los Angeles because overnight, and again, this is the Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes, that Brad Pitt uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio are in. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because literally overnight, people begin locking their doors. Mm. And she briefly, Olivia Hussey, briefly dated Terry Melcher, Doris Day's son, the one who was supposed to be Charles Manson's intended target. And he now traveled with bodyguards. And Olivia Hussey writes in her book, Terry was a sweetheart, but he was bleeped up. And so while she was living there, she kind of found herself at the center of a celebrity uh, uh, shift. And what happened is that she met um, Dean Martin's first son. That's right. But before she meets him, Christopher Jones comes over from England, shows up at the house, the one on the Manson house. Brutally attacks her, Mm. rapes her. Mm. She didn't know if he was going to kill her. It was absolutely terrifying. She didn't tell anyone about the attacks. Weeks later, she found out she was pregnant. Oh, stop. I decided I could not have the baby. It broke my heart, although I've never regretted it. And the silver lining was falling in love with Dean Paul Martin, the son of singer Dean Martin. And she said, I fell for him because of the way he treated me and took care of me. And they, um, um, dinner, I mean, he, they, he was her first husband and they right. wed in 1971. They had one son and they split after eight years of marriage, but remained close friends until he, till he died in the tragic plane, plane crash, crash. Yeah. in 87. <laughs> and she said that, um, you know, going to, Dinner at Dean Martin's house, because those mm-hmm. were her in-laws, right. meant meeting everyone from Sammy Davis Jr., Truman Capote, right. Richard Burton, right. Elizabeth uh, Taylor. Meanwhile, D- uh, Dean Paul, which they called him Dino, yeah, um, surprised his bride by bringing the Bee Gees home for dinner, and she answered oh. the door in her pajamas. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. And part of the reason the public was obsessed with her Juliet is that Olivia Hussey was a groovy 60s teenager who danced and drank, befuddled her elders, her miniskirts, her hippie hair uh, were a sign that the kids, the whole globe was changing. Remember, it's 1968-69. One older reporter uh, lectured her, and she writes about it in her book. There aren't many girls at 15 I know that smoke cigarettes publicly. Olivia Hussey coolly replied, oh, there are. And then looked at him and took a drag. <laughs> and Olivia Hussey writes in her book, The Girl on the Balcony, I loved playing Juliet. The only part I didn't like was all the PR. It was exhausting. And I was this wild 
little thing. And online, she's always discovering photos of herself. She said, I must have had people photographing me wherever I went. She posts them on Instagram where, you know, uh, today's kids who've discovered the film in English lessons message her asking her if she and Leonard, who played Romeo, really dated. Yes, they did. And plead for love advice. Oh, and she always says, lighten up, life just unfolds. So, I don't know, maybe they maybe they kind of um, use that Romeo and Juliet. To me, it's the easy, it's the best Romeo Juliet without having to read the book or whatever. I mean, oh. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Oh, right. You know, it's kind of, it's like really a dramatic, it's a really yeah. dreamy version. And so the book is structured around a question that Olivia Hussey posts, just poses on page four. That girl on the balcony keeps asking, has the whole life I've been given worth it? Because the role wasn't a gift. Um, it was a trade. She and uh, Leonard uh, Whiting gave it just, it was a youthful rebellion that gave a four, 400-year-old play to the anti-war Vietnam protests. You know, okay. it just kind of fit in with all that. And so, anyway, Offset, uh, Franco Zeffirelli called her boobs Omina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he also told her she was the unrequited love of his life. She said, we had a bond. I'd look at him, and I know exactly how to play it. In the foreword, Franco Zeffirelli, who's now 94, writes, you are the object of my adoration. And... um Anyway, she uh, had another husband, and what other? Few, there's a few. Well, you little, know, she was in. Um, she played Mary in Jesus of Nather- yes. Nazareth, and in I remember. And I remember um, that, yeah. and she, just her youth and her beautiful blue eyes. She was just stunning. Yeah, she's stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's married to this to- Tokyo pop star Akira Fuse, and um, even though she didn't speak a word of English when she met him. Or Chinese. Or, or Japanese. 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 Yeah, oh. Japanese. And also, she, um, here's a little thing, she nervously peed in her couture dress when she was presented to Queen Elizabeth at Romeo and Juliet's <laughs> royal premiere. Oh. And she turned on the sidekick role in True Grit. Um, she oh. told Hal Wallace, John Wayne doesn't do anything for me. Ooh. And later, when she had to be less picky, she acted alongside everyone from Betty Davis to Tracy Lords. Wow. And um, apparently, she was in the movie Bob Clark Slasher Black Christmas, a favorite of Elvis Presley's. (laughs) (laughs) And she was in the legendary bomb, which I loved because it came to the Air Force Base and we saw it, Lost Horizon, the musical. I love that movie. I know. It's considered one of the first. 
50 worst films of oh, all time. I loved Lost Her Eye. It was Burt Bacharach did all the music. I know. I, I know. I love that movie. So. Anyway, so <laughs> the girl on the balcony, Olivia Hussey, finds life after Romeo and Juliet. Just kind of interesting. I like that story yeah. about her. Uh, and of oh, course, there it is, the song. Mm-hmm. The very famous love oh, theme. Yeah. It'd be fun to just watch that again and see how that old. Right. No, I know. Yeah. I think so, too. All right, listen. That was we, a good one, Laura. When we come back, favorite headlines of the day. All right, Laurie, I'm going to take you back to that military base in the Philippines with Japan. Oh. Which was it? Lost Horizon. Oh, I don't remember this song, but I loved it's this movie. Song. I just thought it was so... Me too. I wanted to go there. Oh, yeah. Shangri-La? Shangri-La. Who doesn't want to go to Shangri-La? Michael York was in it. Peter Finch. Finch. A pretty good cast. Yeah, I know, but we got all the bad movies came uh, to the Air Force Base Theater. No. Oh, well. Just nothing. All right. Okay. I just loved, loved learning about Olivia. Olivia Hussey. Uh, I'm not a hustler. This is in honor of BuzzFeed uh, yesterday posting yes. Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians playing with kittens answering fan questions. Just I think that is just a great idea. Give them all the kittens in the yeah. world to cuddle from now on. And isn't that kind of a cute way it's, of doing a Q&A? It's such a great idea. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I wouldn't. I, I could be around kittens. Yeah. If they grow to cats, they scare me. Mm-hmm. Emma Stone looking fabulous on the curve of L, and in the article she reveals the reason she's not on social media. Because she can't handle it, like a lot of people. It's interesting, you know, people, the strategy that some people will take with that, because she's just turning 30. I mean, Donnie posted her, yeah. she's on the cover of L, yeah. just 30 years old. I mean, I just think that that's a strategic... Uh, A-list thing. Yeah, maybe. It is. I mean, we still don't see Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. You still don't see no. many AA-list people. Mm-mm. They don't do it. Mm-mm. They might do Instagram because it's just pictures. Yeah. But they do not do Twitter. Yeah. Mm-mm, you're Mm-mm. not going to see it. Jesse Plemons is one of our favorite actors. He's going to co-star with one of our favorite actresses, Carrie Russell in Scott Cooper. We know who that is. It's a movie called Antlers. Is it based on a book? No, it sounds horrible. Tell everyone what it's about. (laughs) It sounds... Follows a teacher, played by Carrie Russell, who Mm -hmm. takes an interest in a mysterious and withdrawn student as they become closer. She discovers that the boy is harboring a secret that could have deadly consequences. An alien. Is Jesse Plemons the student? No, young. he won't be the student. We don't know his role, but he won't be the student. It sounds sounds actually sounds good. Oh, no. know, sounds interesting to me. Yeah, Julie is not. not All here right, for fine. Okay. Where, would it be fun if they were in a romantic comedy? <laughs> <laughs> we need more of those. We need more happy things happening. Okay. Happy. Paris Hilton pushes a wedding. Her wedding from November to May. She needs more time to plan. Or sell sponsorships. Exactly. <laughs> no, I was just going to say. Well, what's terrible? Um, plan yeah. or. That's a lot big delay. Mm. What kind of planning is he? I'm gonna let me see exactly what she wrote. Um, they were going to get married in November. They pushed it to May. She wanted more time to plan, and I don't know. Maybe she realized she didn't want to move those Hello Kitty dog collars and make room <laughs> in her closet for him. And maybe she's just going to give it a little bit more time. Maybe to she had a little cold feet. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe she wants to televise her wedding. Oh, maybe she wants to. Oh. I'm just saying. Could be a combination of several <sighs> things. Maybe she doesn't like that Lindsay Lohan got the reality show 
in Mickey Mouse with her restaurant. Maybe she's got another um, fragrance to launch. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, Jules. Uh, Cara Delevingne and Ashley Benson have apparently been dating for months. So Ashley Benson, you know, are Pretty Little Liars from Pretty Little Liars. Oh. She is dating Cara Delevingne. They have been a couple. I saw them kind of hang and kiss, and they look like a hot couple. Uh, I, I, I guess some people have been paying attention. They've been circling each other undercover dating for several months now. But yesterday they were spotted, or the day before, kissing at Heathrow Airport. What oh. a perfect place. What a perfect airport to be kissing at. Yeah. So, anyway. I love airport kisses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cheers to them. Yeah. We're very happy for them. Dane Cook. He's 46. Yep. He met his 19-year-old girlfriend at a... <laughs> At a Super game America. Ni- at a game night at his house. He did. She was she was probably when you see the picture of I them saw together. It. I'm so grossed out by these people who feel Because like- in January we learned he was dating this teenager and he was forty five. Now he's forty six. She was eighteen. Now he's nineteen. It's an enormous age gap in terms of life experience and where you are. And I feel sorry for this gal um and he did a q a with people on his instagram story and they said uh how they met we met at a game night i host at my place like we were friends for a while and then we upgraded to love okay well here's the deal she was waiting the tables oh, I mean, yes. why would she waiting be at come yeah. on she was a sir i'm a not server. dissing her at all but i'm just uh, saying he, she isn't in his network of friends. Mm-hmm. So she was working with the catering She's, company. She's, of course, like any 19-year-old, drop-dead gorgeous, and she could do much better. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. so much better. Yeah. thought maybe they met playing shoots and ladders. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, she was serving him uh, okay. food and a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Duchess Megan delay getting pregnant until next year? No. She's no? going to try to get as pregnant Ooh. as quickly as she can. Well, this is running out of time. We're coming up on the three-month anniversary. What a time to be alive. And the, the, the Markles haven't shut up once. Oh. And by the way, royal watchers across the pond, they're like, this is from the from the, the flippin' Daily Mail. You were on this in May that, oh, Megan's rift with her dad goes back seven years. Royal watchers point out he wasn't at her 2011 wedding in Jamaica. I should write for them. You wrote, you, you do discovered this with your Google prowess in May. Julia, thanks for giving me my props. Only a handful of media outlets have. I mean, it was so reported that. Oh, they want pointed it out right away as a sign.